the people are people of purpose, when they see a challenge in their life, they know that the solution has been made ahead of the challenge. God has no business with you if you are not fulfilling purpose. He's a business God. There is something with which you are trading with on the earth. There is an assignment he has sent you. You can give yourself a career, but what you'll be accountable for when you get to heaven is what you do with the career. It's the assignment he has sent you. There is something unique that he has sent you. Those who are fulfilling purpose know that they, not, they don't know God enough. There is this hunger within their hearts to always want to know God deeper than they know him. In purpose by the world. So I began a teaching on Wednesday, which is very important. I will really recommend it for everybody. Profiting in purpose by the world. So on Wednesday, I was talking about how every one of us has come into the body of Christ or initiated into Christ. The Bible says we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So we are now in the kingdom of light. Alright, so we shouldn't be confused anymore. Alright, so we are there. And then... We are there for a purpose. Christ came to die for a purpose. Every human being, whether believers or non-believers, came here for a purpose. There is no one that is a waste. God doesn't do extra. God doesn't send and say, these are the extra people. In case this one don't fulfill their purpose. This one will take over. God doesn't Everybody came with a unique purpose. He has something in mind when he was creating everyone. You know, David put it this way. He said, every strand of my hair, God is aware of everything. God is aware. When one falls off, he knows. Alright? He said, in my mother's womb, everything, the way you formed me, the way you fashioned and designed me, everything is according to my purpose on the earth. So you didn't come here just to come and have fun. You came here to come and undertake a task that heaven has sent you. So that is settled. Bible says that all things work together for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Somebody say, I love God, I love God. and I have his purpose. Now, so, I mean, love comes first, then you have a work to do. I really, really, really want to encourage you to listen to that message. It's very important. You know, this is one of the major area we, I mean, the main area that we have been saying that we should help people to discover their purpose and fulfill it. One of the things we said on Wednesday is that there is nothing in this life that you are looking for that is not already provided in your purpose. So you move away from your purpose, you are moving away from your provision. You move away from your purpose, you are moving away from your purpose future partner. Purposeful future partner. You get what I'm saying? You move away from your purpose, you are moving away from your money. You move away from your purpose because for every vision, there is what? A provision. So, but then we know that there is no way we can function or get into knowing our purpose without God's word. Jesus himself came. He said, it is written in the volume of book about me. He said, in the volume of book, it is written of me. It is written. All of us know. Even if we didn't say it, we know that many things were said about Jesus Christ before he came. He shall deliver his people from sins. Alright? Many things have been said. For example, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. Alright? Prophesied about the coming of Jesus Christ. He said, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Unto us a child is born and a son is what? Given. You are born a child. Everybody is born a child. <laughs> but you are you are raised a son. Praise God. So there is difference between the two. So he said the government shall be on his word. shoulder. So many things have been written about Christ. Many things have been prophesied about Christ. All the Old Testament, all the books were all about Christ. The arrangement between Abraham and God was about Christ. I hope you know that. Thy seed. Thy seed. One seed. It's all about Christ. Moses coming around. It's all about Christ. And you get what I'm saying? Everything, because God was already, immediately Adam lost it in the, he already prepared a solution before the problem arrived, actually. The Bible says, behold the lamb, it was John the Baptist that said it, he said, behold the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So before Abraham was ever created. So that's why the people are people of purpose, when they see a challenge in their life, they know that the solution has been made ahead of the challenge. They know that if there is a need in my life, the provision for that need has been made far, far before the challenge arises. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
So those are the that's the that's what it means to to be conscious of someone's to be to be conscious of your purpose to understand what it means to walk in the light of God's will. And when we talk about purpose, we are talking about God's divine agenda for your life, divine will for your life, things with which He has come to you know orchestrate things around you to achieve. God has no business with you if you are not fulfilling purpose. He's a business God. That's why he gave this one two talents. He gave that one five talents. He gave this one one. There is something with which you are trading with on the earth. There is an assignment he has sent you. There is some... See, you can give yourself a career, but what you will account, be accountable for when you get to heaven is what you do with the career. It's the excitement he has sent you. There is something unique that he has sent you. And the us we have together... In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. He said, before you were formed in the womb of your mother, I know you. Alright? He said, I know you. And I ordained you. Look at what it says. Before I formed you in the, in, the, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Can you see that? Before you were formed, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet. Jeremiah was very young. And he was complaining. He was complaining. He said, God, I am young. God said, shut up. I ordained you already. As a prophet to the what? Nations. Glory to God. So there's something God is working in your life that is not to the nations. God is a global God. He can start with you locally, but he has a global perspective. Glory to God. So, but that's not what I'm talking about. You have to come into the alignment with what God has sent you. There is a way it makes you very serious with God. Your life is a project. Jesus was sown to the earth as a seed. We are the fruit. And in every fruit, there is also a seed. So you are supposed to replicate something. Are you getting what I'm saying? Aha, that is the way it is. And there are a lot of fruits that die with the seed. Refuse to replicate it. So the seed you carry is the purpose you have been sent. There are dimensions in Christ. You are one of the dimensions. Are you listening to me? Uh, so we link this now to the word of God. Because the reason why you don't study God's word is because you don't know that something is at stake. If you know that you need to hear God's instructions to, as to know what next to do in order to fulfill your purpose, you will study God's word. Nobody will put you under any mandatory arrangements. Nobody. You will do it beyond what you are told to do. Because you are always conscious of his voice. Nobody will force you to be in fellowship with God. You will always want to get deeper. Let me tell you something. Those who are fulfilling purpose know that they, not, they don't know God enough. There is this hunger within their hearts to always want to know God deeper than they know him. Look at Paul. In Philippians chapter 3. What of Philippians chapter 3? Let's read from verse 3. Philippians chapter 3. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Verse, verse 4. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I am also, he was saved because of what I have gained in the flesh. You know, he was a top guy in the flesh, persecuting the church. He said, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, Concerning the law, a Pharisee, describing himself now, next verse, he said, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in, in the law, blameless. Yes, he said, but what things were gained to me, this I have counted lost for Christ. Verse 9, he said, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus by my law, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. When he came into Christ, he realized that all those things were rubbish. Praise the Lord. He realized that they are rubbish. Now look at it. He said, yet, and being found in him, make sure you pray before you come to church. And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. Now, his own righteousness is from the law. He said, but that which is true faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Go to verse 10. Righteousness which is of God. By faith. That's why he wrote to the Romans. He said, the just shall live. By what? You cannot stop sinning except by faith. 
you 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 will continue to have guilty conscience except by faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? Our life is purely by faith. Faith is not what you use to acquire things. Faith is what you use to live. In living, you acquire things. Bible says it's possible to please God without faith. Look at what it says in verse 10. Let's read it together. Everybody. It said, with all these things that has happened, I have moved from the righteousness which is my own to the righteousness of my faith. I used to be a Pharisee. Now I'm a preacher of the mysteries of Christ. I used to be bound, held down by the law. Now I am under the grace. So he was saying all this. Say, look at what he says in verse 10. Let's read it together. One, two, three, go. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. You see that? That I may know him. Now this is a letter he wrote five years to his departure. After he has accomplished so much, he said that I may know him. That is a purpose conscious individual. If you read down, go, go to verse 11. He said, if I by any means, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12. He said, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which, for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So it has been done. You see, this is the way it runs in purpose. You are not doing anything special that is new in the spirit. It is already accomplished. Behold the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation, but it was yet to be physically slain. So are you getting what I'm saying? What you are doing right now that is called God's purpose is acting script that is already written. Not just already written, already even acted in the spirit, concluded that you are called to come and do it. And that's why you can't do without your caller to do it. Because you know nothing about it. Your parents know nothing about your life. You know nothing about it. Nobody knows anything. That's why when your destiny is evolving, people tend to misinterpret or misunderstand you. Because it is strange to them. They almost, they almost misunderstood Jesus Christ when he stayed back at the age of 12. Do you remember the story? And he was listening to the teachers. And they journeyed and came back. It took them like about two, three days. And then when they saw him, the way he was even speaking, you know that this guy already getting to know that he was here for something at the age of 12. Whereas we have 42. Who goes about nothing and is a believer? He said, Look at what he said. Not that I've already attained, I press on that I may lay hold, lay hold on that which Christ has laid hold of me. Verse 13. Listen, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. So this is a purpose person. Somebody disappointed him. Forgetting those things which are behind. Putting behind behind. Forgetting those things that are behind. That's why Jesus, God said in Isaiah, He said, I will do a new thing, but you have to divorce and disconnect from the past. Praise the Lord. You have to disconnect from the past. Whatever might have happened as what happened. Look at it. He said, forgetting those things that are behind. He said, I'm reaching forward to those things which are what? Ahead. Verse 14. I press towards the goal. Can you see? You know that it's a purpose thing. Bible says, for the goal that was set before Christ, he endures the cross and despises the shame. That's why scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. You see that? I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This same Paul was speaking in Galatians. He said, he took God. He said, look, I was born this, I was born that, I rose to became to become very influential, I was persecuting the church. He said, But look, right from the womb, God already separated me from this work. Right from the same thing God told Jeremiah. He said, God already separated me for there's something about your life that your parents can't explain. It's just that they are not telling you. Praise the Lord. If you see some people who are misbehaving in life, you should know that one way or the other. There is something unique about their destiny. There is nobody you ever see that does not what that is not a priceless person. 
So we know that without the word, we can't even get into this. We don't even know purpose, let alone knowing how to walk our way and navigate our way around purpose. So turn your Bible quickly to the book of Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Let me begin with that. So you can see that I've not begun. I'm just beginning. Acts chapter 20. If you are here, can you say amen? Amen. Let's read verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. He said the word is able to build you up and give you inheritance among those who are sanctified. So now, one of the first things we will see in this is that there is no way we can be edified and built except by the word of his grace. You see that? If you have been saved by the grace of God by faith, you are saved by faith, by the grace of God, true faith. Now look at it. You will be built by the word of his grace. Now to be saved by grace is one thing. To be built by the word of his grace is another. Most of us are saved by grace, alright, but we are not conscious of the fact that it is by the truth, the knowledge of the truth, that we are going to grow, be edified and constructed to be able to actually possess the inheritance. Praise the Lord. Let me give you, let me show you something. Go to Matthew, I think it should be Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Let me show you. Now, when you are born again and you are saved by grace, then God opens your eyes to see what He would like you to do in life. You know, when I say God is a business God, more than 60% of the parables talks about business in the scripture. Now, when Jesus was going, he said something. He said, All power in everyone on the earth has been given unto me. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creation. He said, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is, making disciples of all nations. So baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. He said, Lo, I'm with you till the end of this. Don't forget, that, that was before he went to, that, that was when he died and resurrected. So when he was to depart finally, he told them, he said, Go and tarry for the gift of the Holy Spirit. The reason for the gift of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit is to be a witness. Everything God has given unto us is for fulfillment of our purpose. Can you see that? It's for fulfillment of our purpose. Now, but he says something, there's, there's something we have to take note here. He says that, I commend you unto God. Let's go back to that act of apostle. I want to show you something there. He says, so now brethren, I commend you to God. Now, John, John described God as the Holy Spirit. I hope you remember. John chapter 4 verse 24. Do you remember? John chapter 4 verse 24. Can you give us John chapter 4 verse 24? I want you to see something. What did he say? God is what? Spirit. Let's just stop there. So now you're going to substitute you are going to put spirit in the place of God in the context in the scripture we are reading in Acts chapter 20. Now let's go to Acts chapter 20. 
Let's read now and put it there. One, two, three, go. So now, brethren, I commend you to spirit and to the word of his grace. Now, listen. Does it make a different meaning to you? Now, I want you to get something. You know when you say, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. It looks like, okay, I commend you to Papa God. And to the word that he has given unto us. Now, isn't that what you got? When it was read that way, right? Now, if you read it like this now. So now, brethren, I commend you to the Holy Spirit. And to the word of his grace. What meaning does he give to you? What meaning? So it means that the first one you read, I commend you to God and the Logos. The second time you read it, I commend you to the Spirit and to the Rema of His grace. Praise the Lord. Now, this is, this is, is the same thing, but if you look at it critically, you realize that it's not just talking about what is written. It's talking about going about what is written to realize or to get what is spoken. And you can't do that except if it is by the Spirit. Are you listening to me? Now, because when we're talking about purpose, it's you're in a journey. Alright. Now, let me show you something. Go to John chapter 16. You know, I told people to be reading the book of John. I mean, our Bible reading plan. I hope some of you have been reading it. <laughs> if you have not been reading it, um, and you have been reading it, congratulations. John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Let me show you. The book of John is one of the most powerful books that I so much take special interest in. You know why? Because it's a book of relationship and fellowship. You know, when I was telling them that there is difference between relationship and fellowship. <laughs> this is what takes people into fellowship. You have a relationship with your parents, but you don't have fellowship with your parents. It's your parents that have fellowship with each other. There is difference between the two. That's why the Old Testament is described as outer court. Holies and what? Holies of holies. Those who live together in the bedroom, they have fellowship. But those who stay together at the, at the dining table and just eat, they have very good relationship. There is difference between the two. But what takes people into the depth of Christ is what I'm sharing with you. That Christ himself, when he was on the earth, he said, I have so many things to tell you, but I can't tell you everything. Go to John chapter 16 verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You know why he said this statement? Do you know why he said this statement? Because they were not yet baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, are we baptized in the Holy Spirit? So can we bear them now? So, does that mean he's not saying to us? That means he's telling us many things. Is that that we are not hearing many things? Look at what he says. He says, I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. Now look at what he told them. Verse 13. He said, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Do you see that? He said, for he will not speak of his own authority. This is where I'm going. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So things will not catch you unaware. He will tell you things to come. I remember there was a year. You know. I've been a strange person. I mean living with my parents. They know. <laughs> so. There are two occurrences that we just briefly share with you. So I was watching the presidential dinner. With my dad. Was, I think it was um, 1999 or 2003. I, I can't remember. I think it should be 1999. Because then I was still at home. So it was um, a Alibaba comedian that was making us laugh. We were, we were watching it live. 
And we were laughing. And all of a sudden, God made me to, he just opened my eyes. I saw a very huge tall angel at our door, the main entrance of the house. And then the Holy Spirit told me, he said, this angel is here for me. And he said, the reason why he's standing right there is because the door to my own room is, is just between here and there. So, because he's standing at my own door, he's protecting the whole house. So, do you get what I'm saying? And God told me, he said, now you are planning to go to school. He said, as you are going to school, the angel is going to follow you. So, I got the message. He said, your house is going to be live unprotected. You know what I did? As soon as the vision left and the communication, I was watching TV and I saw that. I told my dad, the same thing he told me. And I told him, I said, go and get your angel. <laughs> Many things happened in that house. I was the only one that was not moved. Invasion of robbers. They could, they're going to come in. But this is the point I want to... I think the following year or so, he, he was already having, God has showed me, he said, six of your relations will die at the beginning of the year. He said, six of your relations will die and there is nothing you can do about it. God told, that's the statement. Six of your relations, we just want to, you know, just like the way God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm not saying he destroyed them, but he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said, how can I hide this thing from Abraham? You know that if there's going to be an economic policies that will favor your business, that's how God will say, how can I, how can they be planning something like this by December? And my son will not know by January. So when he says, I commend you to God and the word of his grace, I'm telling you about timely things. Things that people, normal people cannot bear. When he says that you cannot bear them now, he's saying unbelievers cannot bear them because they are mysteries. Are you listening to me? There are things beyond the realm of scientific knowledge. There are things beyond the realm of academics. There are things beyond the realm of intellect. Intellect. Beyond the realm of um, intelligence. Let's put it that way. Even Peter that has cast out devils, that walked on water, could not bear those things. Could not bear them. So that means what they could document as scriptures are things that they could bear. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's why when Paul came, he was saying certain dimensions of some deep things, which were things that were given to him as eating revelation. And as he was saying them, there are things that is only believers that could bear those things. Or people that will later turn to become believers. So God said, they will die and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> My friend, before April, eight people died. I think I've shared this before many times. Eight people, two are like friends to the family, six are relations. Funniest thing is that I was thinking probably they were going to be close relations. They were not close relatives. They had a bit distant relations. But you know, as usual, as God told me, I went to my dad. So when he says two of our, six of our relations will die, they are not, they might not be my relations directly. It's you that brought me to the family. So he said six of your, you know what it means when you are walking, the word of his grace is clear. It's not something that you are doubting. You can't be in the fellowship and not know the one that is talking to you. You can be in a relationship and still doubting the voice that talks to you. Look at it. He said, no, brethren, I commend you to God and the word of his grace. I commend you to the spirit and the word, the voice of his grace. Look at it. He said, that is what will build you. He said, letters will not build you. Letters don't build. Letters don't build. He said, it's one that will build you up and give you inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Let me tell you the truth. Believers that really make a mark on the earth, they are people that are closely one with God. In fellowship with the Spirit. They cherish the word of His grace. 
They cherish the word of his grace. They are sensitive to the promptings of the spirit. That is in line with the scripture. Don't forget he says he will not speak. Except speaking what he hears. Let's go back to that scripture. John chapter 16. See he said he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Verse 14. Verse 14. He said he will glorify me. For he will take of what is mine. Can you see that? He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now, you want to understand something. This is exactly Abraham, what Abraham was doing because God was speaking to him. Go to a land, I will show you. But now our intelligence is blocking that kind of statement. How can I be going to a land that I will? I mean, how can, how can you get to the airport or you bought a ticket? Go to a country. Even this word system does not program me that way. You must be flying to somewhere. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't, board a, you can't go to a motor park now and get into a vehicle and they ask you, where are you going? You say, I'm, go- I'm going. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you see, you might not even know where you're going. You get to a park and God says, join the green vehicle. And then as you join the green vehicle, and as they are going, or they mention where they are going, then you know that that's where God wants you to go. And as you get there, God says, don't enter the city. There are other vehicles that pass through this place. Join them. But you know it's difficult to be led now like that. You know you are insane if you are going like that. Let me give you the ones you can be. Four guys can appear before you as a lady, and God will tell you to go with the least rated by you. And you know that's very difficult. When you look at the least rated, I mean, I know you have heard that Bibles, you have heard people saying that God will not give you what you don't like, God will not give you what you don't care. No, 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 it's not wrong. It's true. It's true. Some of you are even arguing. Does God give people to people? Does God give people to people or we take somebody to Him? And then you now append the signature. <laughs> when we come to family and friends, you'll hear more details. Praise God. Uh, but let me tell you, you can't have inheritance and not have inheritance partner. It's too costly. See, listen, it's too costly for you to bring a strange person into it. Look at the way Abraham and Isaac, all of them live their life. When Abraham was going, he said, My Oga, this boy must not marry here. You know one of the challenges of Esau? Jacob married two from his place. Do you remember the story? Leah and Rachel. God was not angry. He's from the place. You know, if you want to hear deeper stuff, Rachel was his choice. Leah was a, the marriage of Leah was a product of fraud by Laban. Do you remember the story? Yes. But you know that inheritance was with Leah. Yes. You know Jesus came through Leah. Yes. Some of you, you are romancing Rachel. You have abandoned Leah. Inheritance is with don't don't when we come with family and friends, if we have the opportunity, we'll look into the details. And that is why there will always be people that your your you emotionally wants to go for, but your heart is saying boing, boing. It's giving you caution because you know why? That spirit that speaks is inside there. Not that the other person is bad, because God will give you something that is bad. But there is this, there is this. Written in your in your soul, where you got it from, we don't know, but we know it's not from the spirit. <laughs> and then when you see dollars, you forget the voice. You don't know, just like the way people can just say, "Hey, Wale, when you Laban, Laban say, enter when it's all money." You know, Laban has always been like that. Uh, go and just study Laban in the Bible. He was a crook. He will take what is mine and what? 
you, do you know it's funny? Look at the way this place sounds. He will take what is mine. It looks like, okay, this is my clothes. He will take what is mine. This is my microphone. But you know what he said? He said he will declare it. Doesn't it sound like he will take my materials, but when he wants to get it to you, his statement he will give you. Everything you ever need in this life, that is mine. Spouse. Job. Business. Real estate. Let me tell you. House. Vehicle. Everything that is mine. He will take it. Joy. Well, some of you, you already feel like, ah, that's materialism. Pastor, what is Jesus' own? Is joy, self-control. Also, see, all those words are already packaged with the Spirit. He will take what is mine and declare to you. You know what he's saying? He said it's instructions that bring out those things. They are real in the realm of the spirit, but they can't come to you except if it is declared as statement. And you will work with the statement to translate what is real in the realm of the spirit into the physical. You don't understand? In the realm of the spirit, there is a material world. But the way they will cross to the real life is that they will cross through a line of statement. You will receive that statement, you will work with the statement, then you will see them reproduce in the real life. He said, he will take what is mine and declare to you, verse 15, let's see. He said, all things that the Father has, are mine. So what is going to be declaring to you is what God has. The head is the Lord and his fullness thereof. The world and those that are therein. He said, therefore I said that he will take off mine and declare it to you. So that means I don't have what is mine. What is mine is not mine. What is mine is God's own. So think of whatever God has. Some people are thinking, you know, he will take holiness and declare to you. You're already holy. Are you getting what I'm saying? He knows the things that you are in need of on the earth. See, let me tell you, when we get to the knowledge of purpose, and when it comes to provision, God may go to Genesis, go to let, let's let's first do Matthew before we go to Genesis. Let me quickly explain some things to you. Or go to Genesis first. Genesis chapter 26. This is, you will see it directly in the life of this patriarch. There was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. This economic meltdown. This recession. He says, And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gera. I find out that it's during the economic recession that God blessed his people. Now, Nigeria came from recession now. You didn't make any money during the recession, when they were in the recession. You should have asked God, what's the purpose of this recession? What's my home? Are you getting what I'm saying? There's something that God always do, check throughout the scripture, during recession. Now, look at it. He said, then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Doesn't it sound like that of Abraham? Now, he's saying that the normal thing for you to do the spiritually sensitive people don't always go for the norms. The normal thing is for you to seek greener pastures. They've been seeking it since the days of Abraham. Abraham sought for it in Egypt. I hope you remember. He even sought for it even despite that is with the covenant. He has covenant. He still sought for it. Now God is telling him, telling Isaac here, he said, don't go like your father left. Went. Look at it. He said, then the Lord appeared to him and said it. He said, live in the land of which I shall tell you. Verse 3. Dwell in this land, and I will be... So, it's now specific. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you, and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. Now, when you belong to a spiritual family, you have to find out what has been sworn to the, the progenitor, or the Father, spiritual father of that family. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you hear some of, some of us mentioning things, those things are not really for us. They are really for people because God is going to help you navigate things. Do you understand? 
And don't ever think that we joke with statements. Jesus never said anything and said, hey, I'm joking. Have you, did you see that in the Bible? Did you ever see Jesus Christ saying, and you shall, you, you are God? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, sorry, I'm joking. You cannot, you can, you get what I'm saying? So when I said I was supposed to walk in oil and gas and I left, God told me to leave and not take it. And I prayed to the point that he told me, he said that your boys will buy up those places. They are not joking words. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not that I desire it. He said it. Do you know that there are certain things you couldn't have desired? If they tell you now, desire the office of the president, president of the Federal Republic, you know, normally, you say, they say, if somebody just comes and tells you, you are desiring the office of the president of Nigeria. <laughs> office? Which office? <laughs> president of where? You know that, you know that you don't, you are not even desiring it. Even when you are taught to desire it, you just forget it. <laughs> because you under, but when it comes to you as a voice, you know that is a vision, not an ambition. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's why we can now buy shell and buy chevron and be painting our face all over the place. I'll be showing because it's a vision. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the reason for it is what we are going to go for. So, but what I said, they said, which I sold to your father, which I sold to Abraham, your father. Go to the next verse. We have a lot of people that don't have fathers. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So as Abraham replicated, Isaac is going to replicate. They are all in the lineage of that plan. No, my father was saying something to me. I was telling him, I went to meet one of my uncle and then... The way he was taking care of me was like a replica of the way my dad did. So I saw, and I was much more younger. And then now my uncle was much more richer. But with all the riches and wealth in his house, we were both just together in the whole house. He went to the fridge, the freezer, brought out things. We went to the kitchen. He caught it, and then he was showing me things. He said, "I hope you know you can do this." He said, "So that your wife." We not punish you with hunger. He was just telling me about, Jonathan was just telling me about life and blah, blah, but I was learning something. So when I left, I went to my dad. I said, this man is so caring and blah, blah, blah. My father said something, I can't forget. He said in this lineage, any man that care not for his children is cursed. And you see, when I check you know, people leave different kind of legacy. I was in a meeting, I mean, former commissioner, former this, former that, in oil state, like a house fellowship. So everybody was talking, we're talking about immortalizing, the blah, 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 and all that. So, you know, I, I joined the meeting through a friend. And they respected that my friend, seriously in that group, because they believe he's very intelligent. And one of them was forced to say it. He said, you are just like your friend. So all of them are risen one way, building a block in, I said, legacy. Legacy, immortalizing the dead. I said, I saw something in our own lineage. How they immortalize the dead is by talking about the legacy of the dead. And making that as the... You know when you make something like a law? Just like the way my dad did now. Make it like a... What do you call it? There's something you call it like... It becomes like an ordinance. But you see, when you are now in Christ, there is a way you make adjustments. You care for your children and you care for your wife. Do you get I'm not saying they don't care for wives, but not as they care for children. Look at it. So that somebody will not say that. Uh-huh. Okay. I will give to your descendants all that and then they shall be blessed. Go to the next verse. Because Abraham obeyed my voice. Can you see that? The voice of grace. Which is able to build you. And kept my charge, my commandment, my status and my laws. Verse 6. He said, so Isaac dwelt in Gerah. So Gerah didn't have very good economy. But he dwelt there. Why did he dwell there? Because God told him to what? Some of you, if you get visa now, you'll have left. 
you know somebody a doctor in this ministry in those days he said president jonathan was asked was told by president obama that um, 25,000 doctors are in the United States who are Nigerians. So President Jonathan now said that, as at that time, said that we have another 25,000 doctors in Nigeria. 25,000 doctors Nigerians in the United States. So the medical doctor told me, who is in Nigeria, he said, what President Jonathan did not tell you is that the remaining 25,000 doctors in Nigeria, are processing their visa. <laughs> One boy went to the embassy, United States embassy from this church. Came back. He said, Pastor, Pastor. <laughs> he said, There's one old man I've seen. He said, The old man was lamenting. He said, I've been coming here several times. He said, I've lied, 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 lied. I've said many, 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 many things. Do you know sometimes when you get to when you get, when you get have you ever get have you ever got into a dead end in your life doing something have you ever got into a dead end in your life doing something ma'am to be to be frank there are some of you here you are so blunt you look like you can't ask anybody out and the person won't say yes but you realize you've gotten no several times before but you hit all those no's. The reason why you got the nose is because of the inheritance. You don't know. Somebody left your life. If they stay, if they stay, you can't be built. They won't be inherited. Do you know somebody left Abraham? Do you remember? Lot left Abraham. Do you remember? Immediately Lot left Abraham. Abraham didn't pay. God just called Abraham. God called Abraham. He said, open your eyes. So, Lot could have been a veil. Look not where, as far as your eyes can see. I will give. It was after Lot left. Go and check. Some people must leave you. See, the voice of the grace is what will let you know this person living is a breakthrough. Do you get what I'm saying? And I think, Joel, if you read that, you realize that Isaac also lied about his wife. As you are going to fulfill the promise that was once handed down to the father, you can also make their mistake if you are not careful. Go to verse 12. Verse 12. Then Isaac sold in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. I know that people have come up with this is not money. But whatever it is, he reaped hundredfold. <laughs> No, no, no. Even if it is not money. Whatever it is, he read what? Do you believe the Bible? That's your, that's your problem. He said the Greek word there. The Greek word. See, Isaac sold it. This is simple enough. Is it not simple? And the Lord blessed him. Look at it. Reaping hundredfold is a blessing. And Bible says, and the Lord blessed him. Look at the next verse. The next verse. The man began to prosper. See, listen. It's an initial. There is a major breakthrough you need. That's why it says, be fruitful. Multiply. It's our year of profit. See, don't joke with those words. Don't joke with it. See, if you are joking with the year of profit, you might like the year of loss. You are either for the year of profit or the year of losses. Look at it. He said, demand began to prosper. Demand. Who is demand? But see, it sounds like the voice of the Lord that had been leading him had led him to a point, empower him to a point that he doesn't have a choice than to begin to prosper. Because if you look at those letters, sometimes it looks like there are no processes there. Some of you are going through processes now. You hold on to God's word and it looks like there are no results on the outside yet. But when it begins to happen, it has started. 
Once he starts, he starts. Look at it. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Look at verse 14. For he had possessions. Now, he's trying to describe, he wants to say, you know, prosperity of the spirit. He's, you know, he's just talking about you having the fruit of the spirit. So what's the fruit of the spirit? He's just talking about, you know, the, the, the gentleness. There's a way they try to, you see, people that are not prosperous, who don't have what to show for what God has blessed us with, there's a way they look for scriptures to cover up their mess. So Bible continue. He said, this is what we mean when we say prosperity. <laughs> Bible says, this is what we mean. For he what? Did he say he was prosperous for he prayed? Is that what he said? You know, Africa, if it's by prayer, we are the most prosperous nation. Possessions of flocks and possessions of herds, and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. This year, the Philistines. You know, in that context, what the Philistines means are the rest of Nigerians, Africans, your relations. Because of the working of the blessing in your life, they will envy you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But let me let me tell you something. You know, there's a way we react to envy. You know, we react to envy. If you read down, you realize that reacting to envy is wrong when you are prosperous. That's when they were, you know, he dug well, they filled it. They dug, they filled. Give us, give us the message. Give us the message of verse 12 to 14. Ah. Oh, ja, 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 ja. Look at your neighbor. Say, you must. You must continue to prosper. See, there is no stagnancy for you in the spirit. See, let me tell you something. As a church, we, we don't believe in growing to a point and start declining or staying at a level. No. Isaac planted crops in that land and took in a huge harvest. God blessed him. Verse 13. Then... The man got richer and richer by the day until he was very wealthy. See, poverty is not holy. Wealth is holy. But you know the reverse is the case. What you were taught, what you grew up with is wealth. He says, stinkingly rich. They say, stinkingly rich. And then he says, it's purely pure, poor. Purely poor. You know, if they are saying it's stickingly rich, what does it mean? He says, are they not saying it's poor, purely poor? See, the man got richer and richer by the day until he was very wealthy. He wasn't just wealthy. Ah. Read verse 14. He accumulated flocks and herds and many, many servants so much so that the Philistines began to envy him. Now, when they started envying him, they were attacking his business. Because you need it. I'm not ready to go further because it, it, it can take us time. You needed the wealth to sustain the wealth. You needed a wealth to sustain the wealth. You needed, don't forget Jesus met the woman at the well. He said, you are fetching a physical well. Say so we've got spiritual well. If you ask for that water from that well, you will never be thirsty again. You know, let me tell you something. You will never see prosperity in any life if it's not coming from a source. When they are envying you, they want you to react so that you can block the source. Once you start reacting and you take offense, you are reacting that this one is not happy, this one is jealous, this one is envious. You know, you are reacting, and then you enter into malice, strife, and all those things. Then where is it coming from? It will block. For Holy Spirit does not strive in envy. It doesn't strive in offense. Once you are holding somebody in your heart like this, you will start seeing the, bless, the, the business going down. So, now you look at it. 
So what is not the, the, the first well blocked, the second well, I think the third or so, verse 22. And then the well is called Rehoboth because there was no strife. Those people realize that, hey, wow, there's nothing we can do to these guys. And he said, this is Rehoboth. For God has made a room for us. The message says, he has made a wide open spaces for us. Somebody say he has made a wide open spaces for me, for us. If you believe that, can you say amen? Ah, wow. So let me close with Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house. This one statement is loaded. But if you remember this, you realize that is a wise man who builds his house on the so but if he doesn't build it on the rock is a what? It's a foolish man. The book of Proverbs was written to two kinds of Christians. You know Proverbs is you can say it's neutral, but if you if you read it very well, you put it in the in a church context, it's addressing two kinds of believers in a church. Foolish one and what? Uh-huh. Let me tell you the secret of being a wise person. The secret of being a wise person is when you are commended to the, to, the, to the Spirit and to the words of His grace. So the Holy Spirit is instructing you, even when you are in the night season. He's telling you how to go about things. That's wisdom. The hidden mysteries is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. So it says, I will liken a man that hears these things of mine and does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Now don't forget that Peter speaking in Matthew chapter 16 gave a revelation. Say, that Christ. What did Jesus say? He said, on this revelation, I will build my word. Uh-huh. So he's saying the same pattern. Every purposeful person is a builder. But is a wise person on the fulfillment of purpose if he's building on the what? On the rock. What is the rock? What is Christ? What is the word? I will take you there. Because he's saying the word of his grace. So what he's saying is that on this revelation, the rock here, who built his house on revelation? Don't forget in Proverbs, he said, by wisdom is a house built. And the mysteries of Christ is a hidden wisdom that is revealed to us by the Spirit. So your own business doesn't have to be built the way other businesses have been built. You can learn from them, but there's a way God wants you to build. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your own family is not the way your father built family. I mean, if you go by that self, you're already crashing from the beginning. Some of us. No, that's the truth. So, but you know that you have to now. Why believers fail? is because they don't take what is ordinary or the culture or traditions or whatever and now bring it into the Bible context and actually ask, what is Bible saying? Barrier arrangement. What is Bible saying? Does Bible say you should print invitation? So, how do you get to invite people? No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm not joking. I am telling you, we live our life as mere men. We don't go by what Bible is saying. Do you know that in this church, somebody has gone up before and started saying that if a woman is finding fornication and is married, she had better keep quiet for life. That she cannot dare to tell. So, I mean, they agreed that if a man found in fornication or adultery, he can tell his wife. Because the women that have liver and elasticity 
to absorb whatever. Are you or suck absorb? Are you getting what I'm saying? But a man does not have it. So what does Bible? When I heard that report, I said, "What are you people saying? Why are you people talking from an emotional, emotional? What what does Bible say?" No, I see. Do you know it got to a point that Paul was telling some people, "Is that the way you were taught?" No, no, no. Is that the way you were taught? Do you know Paul told Timothy and all that? He said, that which you were taught. That's which you learned from me. Commit also to faithful men. He said, the way you have been taught, walk you in it. You must not tilt. What, what do we do in this church? We go by the word Bible says. What does Bible say about it? Because some of you, you just enter into death. It's not, it's not an attack. It's your own doing. You just unnecessarily enter into death. And he said, well, that's the Jewish culture. That's, Bible never mandated Jewish culture on us. Have you noticed? Go into the New Testament, you realize that the scripture is fit into every culture. But the essences into, in every culture must be adjusted by the Bible. So, you are, you are comforted now. I'm not against Ashwabi. Uh, can you see that? <laughs> you are comforted. Have you? But Bible never said that if you can't buy Ashwabi, So therefore, whoever, because many of us are building, we are building on hay, we are building on straw, we are building on sand. There are relationships that will soon collapse. There are relationships that collapse. There are relationships that will not survive. Reason because it is on sand. Emotions are sand. Emotions are not convictions. Convictions only come from God's revelation. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you are persuaded that you are persuaded, he lost his job, you are still with him in the relationship. Because it's not the job that made you say yes. It is the revelation of God's word. And that is a process. By the time the man will enter into another job, by the time the lady will enter, are you getting what I'm saying? That some of you have made up your mind. He said, because I'm successful. I must marry a successful person. And the definition of your success is physical. Are you getting what I'm saying? How can I be a top person in this place? And I'll go. Let me. Let me. You know it can shock you. You know in the Bible God told the prophet to go and marry an alert. Yes, Did you do you remember? Yes. Which prophet is that? Yes. I'm not saying God is going to tell you to go and marry a alert. Because <laughs> God, some of you already seen the island girls. God, God will not allow you. I will not allow you. And I'm sure quiet will not allow you. <laughs> and media will not set up. <laughs> but you know something? You know something? You can be so big and God will humble you with somebody that will put his love or a love most of the time a love in your heart. And then you look at the person. You say you are not even bringing anything to the table. <laughs> you know, I'm a business person. I was taught to see everything as business. Even marriage. That's what is called partnership. Both sides have something to offer. And I'm not talking about uh, vagina. I'm not, that one is common. You know, you can see vagina on the street. When you are going back home, when you are going back home, you see it on the street. No, I, there's something I used to say before. They said that one is is is. Uh, they said that one is raw. They said that one is raw. I used to think this one I said is the raw one. That that one is the holy one. And a lot of people are carrying pennies around no purpose. There's no purpose. Having unnecessary erection. No direction. There is no direction in life and you are having erection. You must record all. Record all. Emissioni. 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 Well, how did we get here? How did we get here? Let's get out, let's get out, let's get out, let's get out. 
I was on the rock. There's a church like that. I hope you know. It's not. If you go to where the church is built, it's very close to water. But I believe what they meant by that is this house is on the revelation. So you see that. Go to the next verse. Let me. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. I don't have time to explain. Rain is different from wind. See, when you have listen, when you passed, when you passed the test of the rain, flood is coming. You know, it it takes rain to lead to flood, right? And then flood is coming. Then when you pass that one, the wind will blow. And then beat on the house. And if it does not fall, it means it's on the rock. If it's business, those things will happen. Rain will fall. But let me tell you something. When all these things are happening, they are to move your business forward. Once it's on the revelation of God's word, it will move your, it will propel it to a higher height. If your family, sometimes the rain and the flood beating a family is a little delay to, to, to reproduce. To have the fruit of the womb. Once you give up the house or the family, it's on the sand. So just interpret, God will give you better understanding because of time. He said, and the not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Go to verse 26. He said, but everyone who hears this saying of mine and does not do them. What's the difference? Does not. He says, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Go to the next verse. He said, and the rain descended and flood came and the winds blew and beat on the house, on that house, and it fell and great was the fall. Do you know it's the same temptation? Ah, whatever you are building on is what will determine whether it will stand the test of time. I hope you have heard something. Verse 28. And so it was when Jesus had heard this says that the people were astonished at his, just like you are astonished at my teaching. Praise the Lord. I didn't finish, oh. I will finish it on, on Wednesday. Hmm? Because there are three things in all this that I've packaged for you. Three things that are very important. But I can't go into that because of time. Let's rise up on our face and begin to thank you. We know you have been blessed by the insightful teaching of God's Word by Pastor Kapal Messiah, brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, contact plus 234-8035-858047 or send a mail to kapalmessiah at gmail.com. Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny.